another episode, episode number four of Docking the Law Podcast. Thomas Gray here with you, joining me once again. Actually, uh, pulling double duty tonight, Corey Smith. Corey, what is going on, my man? We're going to keep that uh, double duty unlocked there, Tom, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laying low tonight and uh, chilling in the recliner. Got a little, uh, got a little double screening, some, uh, some ponies. Nice. And, uh, yeah, got double screening some ponies at Canterbury, finishing that uh, out tonight, and then probably going to move over and watch a little horse racing in Canada, or maybe move to the West Coast, and then got a little Fox News on the other side, um, tipping my hand a little bit there, but that's all right. Yikes. Um, Yikes. But yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? Man, cannot complain. It's just another lovely day in, uh, in old Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we, we talked last week about... Uh, a one and done segment called "What the hell is going on?" But you know what? We're gonna give it give it another go for this week. Uh, so, Corey, what what the hell's going on in this world? Uh, that I do not have an answer for, Tom. And I will tell you, it has been a it, it's been a confusing couple weeks. Um, I think that I, you know everybody seems to have um, picked one side or the other, right? Everybody seems to have just decided and it's classic it's classic america in 2020 it's what we do with every issue i feel like it's not okay you know we should make t-shirts to say it's okay to be gray no yep. pun intended there i didn't even hey, think about that's that that's awesome you know i feel like everybody just like i don't know where i stand on a lot of these issues you know as far as like you know i, I live in south carolina the virus is quote making a comeback you know it's like the it's like the 1980s Olympic hockey team. The virus is over here. We thought it was done, but it's coming yeah, back. It's coming and, back after getting spanked. After getting spanked by the Russians in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> well, hopefully we don't get spanked like the Russians. Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then now, like, all these police issues, like we talked about last week, and I, I see both sides of, of every argument, you know, and um, obviously, you know, I'm obviously pro-police. I don't think that getting rid of the police in any, in any area is going to be a, a permanent answer. Um, but you know, I see the arguments coming from the other side, but my answer to what the hell's going on is who the hell knows it's crazy, <laughs> it's crazy times. Uh, as we're recording this, the big news tonight is, I guess, uh, we were saying earlier that in Atlanta, the entire city police has just left for the night. Correct. Yeah. That's, After that's... the officer involved in the Rayshard Brooks, uh, shooting was charged with murder in 10 other counts today. Um, they've just left. So I don't know. We'll see how that turns out. It's a uh, it's a mess, that's for sure. And I'll give my two cents. And my two cents is uh, just stay safe, people. It's a it's a mess out there wherever you go, and just uh, be vigilant and just watch your surroundings. I know that sounds very very tactical, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but but as, I mean, my, I, as my buddy and loyal listener uh, out in Mississippi, uh, Michael likes to uh, we, we call him Mickey likes to remind me um i think last week on the podcast i said you know people are people um so i'm just gonna say that again this week you know people are people and uh everybody deserves uh respect and kindness and i think if we were to choose that a little more often no matter what the case um we'd be better off but that's my uh rainbows and unicorns uh statement for the week thank you for that it made me feel really really good inside really well, really really speak, special speaking <laughs> of feeling good inside and feeling special tom uh, I got to tell you, nothing makes me feel good inside 
like a blizzard. And I am a huge fan of the Royal Strawberry Cheesecake Blizzard. Ooh, I love talk to me. Real cheesecake. I like the strawberries mixed in. Um, I love that with a grill burger. I usually go double, two slices. I got to tell you, we tried to go to a Dairy Queen the other day, and the line – I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Dairy Queen. They're a sponsor of the show. Uh, they're a friend of the show. But I've never seen that long of a line at a Dairy Queen. <laughs> no, it's, it's summer. It's summertime, man. They got this. The summer blizzard, blizzard menu makes a huge comeback every year, and people people flock to Dairy Queen, and as they should, as they should. Let me tell you, every every blizzard that went out that window, tell them what they did. Tom. It went straight upside down, my man. Straight upside down. Yeah, upside down. And if they don't flip it upside down for you, remember it's free. It's, it's free, buddy. So Dairy Queen, proud sponsor of our uh, most popular segment, Grill and Chill. Since 1940, Dairy Queen bringing you the hot and cold treats that get you through the summertime. Dog days of summer coming up. Don't forget to stop by Dairy Queen and get the hot and cold treats that you need. So that gets us uh, to Grill and Chill, Tom. And there is nothing more pressing that we grill or chill other than this one issue, and it is this. Are we a golf podcast? <laughs> Man, I was sitting. I, I was. Well, I think we're both going to grill, especially Thursday and Friday. I was like, "Boy, we're steaming." I kept looking at the leaderboard. I was like, "Wait, this. We 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 may be onto something here. We may just have to dump this whole uh, doc and law and just uh, change the whole direction of this podcast and just forget all other sports. Just be a, pod, a golf podcast, man. What we what was rocking now? Justin Rose couldn't finish it. I know. I we had both mentioned him. Uh, and then I, my Dustin Johnson def hit home with ease. Um, and I know you were looking good, especially at the beginning. Towards the end, it kind of fell off there with a cr the crazy playoff. But we might be a golf podcast. I, I got to tell you, I, I think that our I think that our analysis on how Colonial would play out for the most part was was dead on. I mean, I think the you know we kind of said fade the bombers. We said, you know, we didn't think the Brooks Kepkas, the DJs of the world that tend to, you know, buckle these courses to their knees with these 340-yard drives that they hit. Um, the one guy who, I mean, I hate betting on him, but I think we're going to have to start doing it. But Bryson DeChambeau yeah. is an absolute freak, dude. Yep. Mm -hmm. He's a total freak. And – he kind of spit in the face of our whole, you know, bombers can't get around colonial theory. He was absolutely cutting corners everywhere. I thought he was going to take it from us. Obviously, uh, it wasn't Bryson that took us from us. It was the cup on the 17th yep. hole that took us from yep. us. Um, but overall, it was a really good weekend for us. I know you cashed uh, DJ missing the cut. You almost got Rosie to win. Um, he missed the birdie, obviously, to get into the playoff on 18. I ended up cashing uh, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, and Justin Rose. Um, top five and top ten, uh, and also cash Justin Rose, first-round leader on Thursday. Harold Varner absolutely just ripped money right out of my pocket with his birdie on the 18th, yep. um, knocking those odds down from 50 to 25 to one. But overall, profitable weekend on golf. Uh, can't go broke making a profit. Nope, and uh, I think that I'm grilling it. I think right. we are a golf podcast. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about come football season, but I think we're officially <laughs> – a golf podcast. We may have to move to two podcasts per week, one golf feature podcast on a Tuesday so we can get before, before uh, T-Offs on Thursday and then it's later yeah, on in the week. I, which I, I really do think we need to start trying to record a day earlier because if we go – if we crush it again this week at the Heritage, um, which I actually am feeling kind of confident about, that probably <laughs> means we'll lose every bet. But if we do well at the Heritage, there's going to – words are – as Bomani Jones likes to say, there's going to be word in these streets about yep. these golf picks – 
and people are going to be wanting them earlier. Yeah. Hey, whatever the people need, whatever the people want from Doctrine and Law, we're here to provide. Hey, we've said it before, and we'll say it again. We're versatile. We are We're going to sing it from every single angle. We are versatile. You got that right. All right. My next one for you. Are you grilling or chilling, betting the unders in the EPL? If people didn't know, uh, European Premier League kicked off today uh, with two matches, and boy, were they duds. Complete duds. The first one, Sheffield United, and we'll get in this a minute, Sheffield United and Austin Villa. I watched like a few minutes of it, and boy, it was tough to watch. watch that. My God, uh, man, it's, it's sports, man. You know how live sports is, especially being a hiatus. And um, I watched it, and it was it was a tough watch. But our, from now, I mean, for, for we're kicking off full full steam ahead with EPL. Are you grilling or chilling, betting the unders in all EPL matches? So, I mean, I guess the only real uh, thing we have to compare it to is Bundesliga coming back, right? And right. Um, I looked around at a couple different um, stats from the first couple weeks of Bundesliga, and you know it really, it really doesn't trend that way. It's kind of interesting. I think it really doesn't trend towards, um, it really doesn't trend towards the unders like we think it would. I, I wonder if part of that is they can like hear each other talking better. Maybe I mean you know definitely with UFC we have heard people say like oh yeah. I heard Daniel Cormier say I should leg sweep and, you know, throw the left jab. So I did, and then I fucking won the fight. So, I mean, maybe these guys can hear each other talking better, but you would think that would go the same for the defense. I don't really know, but, I mean, I'll tell you this. Uh, There's a couple quotes I live by. One of them is this, life's too short to bet the under. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't like betting unders in soccer because you have to sit there and sweat for the entire stoppage time, which is something that we can say for another day. But I hate stoppage time with a passion. Hate it. Hate it. Nothing makes you feel more personally assaulted than when that fucking ref lets it go past four minutes in stoppage time. And you're (laughs) going, they're about to score. I just know they are. You took the over, you bastard. And so um, I I, I think that the answer to your question is I'm going to chill it. I don't think that you just go bet every under thinking, oh, it's going to be, you know, one-to-one, one-to-nil because there's no fans in the stands. That said, I'm not scared to bet an under if it's the right situation, but I don't think that you can just go blanket bet the unders like everybody was doing in the Bundesliga. Um, I think uh, – and Bill Connolly had a great article, if anyone wants to check it out. He he did a comparison with college football conferences and uh, European soccer leagues, well, and it's a great – uh, this- it's, it's a great comparison, and like he just he compares in the one that stuck out is the Bundesliga. We watched the Bundesliga. We've been watching for several weeks to the Onward League on, but we love Dortmund, and Dortmund fell off. They got beat today, which is garbage. But they, he compares Bundesliga to the Big Twelve, and they just put up points, put up points, and that's that's holds true. And I think you, if you look at past scores from Bundesliga, I think the first week it was tough because there's no fans are getting used to it, but it's picked up scoring. And EPL has I forgot what he compared it to, but EPL his. For the longest time, it's kind of an underlay. You have your outliers like the uh, Liverpools who put up a ton of goals or Man City won 3 nothing today, and they'll put up goals. But there's a lot of teams that are just okay with winning games one nothing. They don't try to bury people like it seems in, in the Bundesliga. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep rolling some unders for, for a few weeks. And I say that, I have a, a pick one of my overs uh, later on this weekend. But I'm going to roll with, with the uh, unders in the EPL for a while until – until things change. So I'm going to grill it. I like it. I like it. 
Um, and the uh, the last one, this is kind of getting a little bit outside of our uh, realm, but I think it's something that is just too interesting to turn down the opportunity to discuss. So I don't know how many people are going to be familiar with this, but Ohio State athletes returned for quote unquote voluntary workouts um, earlier this week and last week. And when they returned to work out, they were requested, I'll say requested, to sign a waiver. And it was a coronavirus waiver or a COVID waiver that specifically stated in the language that or and if you were a minor, or I think even the parents may have had to sign it, even for 18 or 19-year-olds, I'm not sure. But it basically stated, if I were to get sick and something bad were to happen to me and I were to require hospitalization or I were to even die from coronavirus, as a result of acquiring it at an Ohio State, quote-unquote, voluntary workout, Ohio State is not at fault for damages that happened to me from a virus that I contracted at a quote unquote voluntary workout. I mean, you know, it just, uh, you know, I mean, I know some lawyers and I think they're good people, but I think on the whole lawyers are shit bags and <laughs> we, we just, well, we just turned off the whole uh, lawyer. Uh, yep. Sorry. Uh, we're, we're, we're not off. trying to get lawyers to listen to this anyway. Um, I think that it just reeks of attorneys um, on Ohio States, you know, obviously, on Ohio State side, whereas these kids don't have their attorneys involved. And so it, it just reeks of, you know, it's another way that the NCAA is not to get on that, you know, Jay Billis soapbox, but they're just taking advantage of these kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I both know from being college athletes, when they say voluntary, there's not shit voluntary about that. Because you know that if you're on the borderline of making the team or starting and you're not at that, you're not making the team or you're not starting. And it's just, I think it's complete bullshit. I guess if you had to say, are you grilling it or chilling it? I'm chilling it <laughs> hardcore, flipping the blizzard upside down, frozen rock ice cream cake. But I mean, you know, I think I think it's just a complete dirtbag move by Ohio State. Uh, I'll chill it and what you said. So there you go. <laughs> I was wondering if you were get to the actual segment or just keep going for a minute. And I was just like, hey, well, we'll figure out something to grill and chill one way or another. <laughs> well, that's a screaming hot take, Tom. Yeah, it's all good. Hey, when you got taste, you got to get them out there. You got to get them off your chest. It's just going to eat at you inside. That's a jalapeno flamethrower burger hot take. Oh, is what that is. Talk to me. Talk to me. Love a flamethrower burger. All right. Let's get to real sports. So, moving on to the first segment, like we mentioned earlier, the dock and the law <laughs> were scorching hot at Colonial this past weekend. Um, not only were our picks good, I think our handicapping was good. Somehow, yeah. someday. I think we nailed Justin Rose coming back looking sharp, but of course he's comfortable at. Um, I think we nailed, uh, you know, the fading the bombers. And so kind of moving on to this week, um, everybody, <laughs> you know, there's no, I guess there's no plane. So everybody loaded up in their minivan or whatever the mm -hmm. four play guys were making fun of Matthew Fitzpatrick for driving a minivan to Hilton Head. Um, but the boys, they're over my, over my way this weekend, Tom. They're at Hilton Head. Um, they're playing Harbor Town at Sea Pines Resort on Hilton Head Island. Um, and this is a course that very much resembles uh, the course at Colonial. It is tight. Um, you know, you think about these courses out on the coast being, um, you know, wide open, kind of You think about Pebble Beach where it's kind of wide open and, and the wind is a big factor. Um, I've played here, and I'll tell you, that is not the case. It is tight. It's not that long, even from these guys' tees. 
Uh, I think that this is very much like Colonial in that it's a positioning golf course. It's almost a little bit of target golf where you want to be on a certain side of the fairway. It's the smallest greens on tour. Uh, it's a peak die design, so you got the slopes coming off the green. Um, and not only hitting greens, but hitting it on the right part of the green is going to be really important. Um, and so I think that handicapping-wise, I think we play it very similar to last week. you have any thoughts on this or picks this week? I'm going to have to do some more research again. My real my, my day job job really got in the way of it, and I can I'll meander on the internet and probably post my Instagram page. But um, if if like you say, it's it's very similar to last week. Uh, find somebody who's not a bomber, and again, like you mentioned, uh, we we almost almost hit home with some of that stuff last past weekend. So look for a player who's similar to that plays that style of golf. There you go. I think so. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, I'll go ahead and give some picks today. Uh, so I think that Bryson's sitting there at 14 to one to win. I think my issue with Bryson is going to be, it's similar to what we talked about last week. I mean, if you, if you just look at the 17th hole, right? I mean, he didn't hit it in the fairway. He couldn't get it on the green out of the rough. He hits a terrible chip and he makes bogey on 17 and then he ends up missing the playoff by a stroke. So, I mean, I think it's a similar situation here um, where it's tight, maybe he will be able to, you know, hit four iron off a tee where a lot of guys are hitting a three-wood to position. Um, but I think I'm still going to fade Bryson this week, even though he does have some past success at Hilton Head. If you roll down and look at some of these win bets, here's where I'm seeing value. Hideki Matsuyama, who has I actually have, had success at Harbor I Town. I have seen that one too. Yep, he is. He was actually opened at 33-1. to one. I'm looking at Bavada. He's already up to 25-1. to one. Um, another one I really like this week is the Warriors, Sung J.M., the guy freaking plays every week. He's sitting there at 28-1. to 1. Also, Webb Simpson at 28-1. to 1. This is a guy who grew up on Bermuda. He's from around this area. Um, he's had some Maybe. success in Harbortown. Um, he's heard he has Harbor. made success, yeah. He missed the, cut, missed the cut last weekend, which could be some extra – Extra motivation. I, I don't I don't know what to think about that. I think you're right. I think it may be motivation to get out there and play. Maybe he's a guy who needs a, a week to shake off the rust. So I'm looking at uh, Hideki. I'm looking at Sung JM. I'm looking at Webb Simpson. And then I have two more possible win bets that I think I'm going to lock in. One is going to be Gary Woodland at 33-1. to 1. If you watched him last week, he had kind of a dry spell to start the tournament. Um, went with, you know, parred his first nine holes and then caught fire on Thursday. Kind of had a rough stretch on Saturday that took him out of it. But Gary has great value sitting at 33 to 1. And then if you ask me for a long shot, I think you scroll down a little further. Um, Ricky is sitting at 50 to 1. I think that's insane odds to get Ricky at. Um, but actually, my longest shot of the week is going to be if you look down, uh, Victor Hovland is sitting at 66 to 1. Um, so I really like Victor Hovland this week. I think that he's a guy who, just like Colin Morikawa, He's going to win a lot of tournaments. I think he's going to be um, kind of similar to an Adam Scott kind of guy where he's just consistent, consistent, consistent wins, goes away for a little while, really consistent wins. Um, so my win bets are going to be most likely, and we'll post these on the pod or on the Instagram, but it's most likely going to be Hideki at 25 to 1, Webb at 28 to 1, um, Sung JM at 28 to 1, Gary at 33 to 1, and then Victor Hovland at 66 to 1. Um, I might fuck around a little bit and throw some Ricky in there just because I love Ricky. If you wanted to look further down the board and you wanted some big bombs to drop, uh, I think Siwoo Kim at 125 to 1 is an option. 
I also think that Lucas Glover, he's from this area at 100 to 1, is a potential option for a long shot. And these are obviously your betting small bets to make a whole bunch back. Um, and then you got Duff Daddy sitting at 200 to 1. He has obviously played terrible recently. Um, but those are all some to consider. But I'll have a couple more props. Uh, there's a, a one that I really, really, really like. I'm going to throw that tease out there. Um, top Continental European, which I think we're going to catch um, and make some money on this week. So we'll throw more picks out on the Instagram page, but that's kind of our thoughts on golf. We are a golf podcast for sure now because <laughs> that was definitely longer than any of your pony picks have been combined. So we're definitely well, golf. Because let me tell you, if you took our golf pod uh, picks, the money we made on that and divided it by the money we lost on horses, uh, it would be a very small number. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it sounds like, moving on to our next sport, sounds like baseball may have figured something out. It sounds like they're going to gonna, uh, accept our proposal. The Player Association is going to set the proposal, be prorated, uh, have a longer playoff, um, shorter season. Uh, so there's sounds like there may be hope for baseball, as last week it didn't sound like there was any hope for baseball, and they just kept bickering back and forth. Uh, you feel good about baseball coming back at this point? Um, I'll tell you what I think. I think that I'll believe these uh, SOBs when I see them on the field. And I'm not even talking about spring training. I'm talking about when they are on the field, wearing the pinstripes, playing games, that's when I believe they're going to play games. Because I just think that when Manfred the other night went on Greeny's thing, I don't, I didn't watch any of that. I mean, God, neither. But I don't know if you watched any of it, but quote unquote, sports coming back, where they talk about sports not coming back. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, maybe this news is encouraging. Um, maybe it's not. I saw another article today that said, in the midst of all this, MLB owners are trying to sneak in a clause with this new contract that they can put ads on the uniforms. I mean, wow. can you imagine these guys? Like, what if you get sponsored by Nike and you're an Under Armour guy? You know, it's just like, I mean, this, this, I mean that that could make the whole deal fall apart. So yeah. they're they're all greedy. I understand where the owners are coming from because they're going to be losing money. I also understand where the players are coming from to a degree, but I think everybody's greedy. Just just put us some baseball on the field so we can bet some first five unders and let's get this thing going. <laughs> and get rich, get filthy rich. Yeah, let's get it going. I mean, I don't know. To answer your question, though, I'm not encouraged. Uh, I don't believe anything that any of them say. I think they're just trying to keep people engaged because they know that if they go another month without putting something out that is official, they're going to lose everybody. Well, it's um, like, and I don't know if you caught the 30 for 30 with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa on Sunday night, uh, in which that you want to talk about taking you way back. Cause I remember that summer where those two were going at it. It was a, it was a hot ticket getting just trying to find one. Cause I remember we tried to go to Atlanta to go to a Cardinals game. It wasn't happening, but I remember every night coming home, and watch the sports center, see if someone hit a home run. That's how electric those two were. But they mentioned how that summer with those two saved baseball. After the strike. After the strike in 94, it saved baseball. I think if something doesn't get figured out with this baseball season, because baseball was already going down, because your viewership was down, the age of people who were interested in the sport was way up, so your younger generation did not care about baseball. It's too slow. You just didn't have anybody interested in it, and now you're not even playing. 
like you said a few weeks ago in one of our pods, they're playing was it Korean baseball? They're play yeah. they're playing every morning. I go to the gym in the morning. I see it on TV live. They can play. Why can't our the Why can't MLB play? I think yeah. if they don't if they don't put anything on the field this year, MLB that is, it's going to be detrimental to baseball. Absolutely detrimental. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if the saddest thing is, and I think I maybe Levitard said this the other day, if if it is June and the only baseball we're talking about is a documentary about the 1998 sad. summer, it's sad. And, and the truth is, you know, Max Kellerman can say whatever he wants about the NHL not being in the big four. The truth is, if baseball doesn't get their shit together and put something on the field, it might be a big three and it might be in a hurry um, so I, I don't know what to think. I think that the, um, I think that in reality, the, the truth is nobody really knows. Nobody knows what it is they're actually arguing over. Jeff Passing can go talk like Elmo all he wants, but I don't know that they actually <laughs> know what the sticky point is on these negotiations. Um, but like we say every week, I wish they would play so yeah. that we can bet on it. Yep. I wish they would. Uh, moving on to, our next sport, going to the happiest place on earth that apparently is not that happy at all. NBA, uh, uh, yeah, it's apparently not that happy because nobody wants to go down there. Um, NBA has got several players calling out each other saying, we shouldn't play, we shouldn't play, we shouldn't play. I think it's bogus, man. And I just, I don't think, sure, I understand there's issues going on in this country, issues going on in this our world. I understand that, but I don't think these players realize how much joy they bring uh, in what they do and what the, the skill set they have to the population. And it's and I was talking to somebody today about how much – and, we again, we mentioned, I guess it was last week, how the Olympics could have saved this whole thing, um, but just sports in general. And I think that applies here is, man, put if these guys would give us a release from all this is going on – and I'm going to get on a tangent real quick um, – we're, we're big fans of Yacht Rock Review here in the Gray household. I'm sure you are too. An uh, article came out a few days ago about Yacht Rock and how, like, when you listen to Yacht Rock music, it is just an escape. It doesn't matter all the crap that's going on in the world. When you hear Christopher Cross's Sailing, or when you hear Doobie Brothers' What a Fool Believes, or when you hear Africa's Rosanna, I mean, excuse me, Toto's Rosanna, it's, it's release. You just kind of forget about your worries, and you can enjoy that music and enjoy that time and just like, man, I feel better. And that's what sports is. It's released from all this crap going on in the world. And these guys are going to sit back and take a stand when they're, they're stealing, stealing joy. They're stealing joy. They're stealing money out of our gambling pockets. But, what, but still. Well, they might be putting money in our pockets. Well, they might be, but they might be putting money in our pockets. So thank you for your service. But I think it's, it's, it's bogus. Play, play the sport, man. I think it's, you need, they, need, they need to get their stuff figured out too. Uh, well, and, and the other thing that <laughs> – I mean, I'm glad I'm glad he said it because I think he's one of the only people in the world who could say it and not get scorched alive. But Stephen A. Smith said today, it's one thing to say, hey, look, we want to help bring about justice. But where the hell were all these people five years ago when Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee and he was out there getting blitzed and absolutely was a pariah by himself – Nobody wanted to help him then. I mean, you know, there was a couple people. There was the Eric Reeds. There was the Kenny Stills of the world that had his back and were vocal about it, the Malcolm Jenkins, you know. But but 
I didn't hear Damian Lillard backing him up then. I didn't hear Kyrie Irving backing him up then. All Kyrie Irving was doing was hitting a fucking grab bong, talking about the world's flat. He wasn't doing shit about Colin Kaepernick. But now he's telling other players that they should not play when they have a chance to win a championship and at the very least put basketball on TV because of so like distracting from social justice, kiss my ass, man. I mean, like I said, I can't understand because I'm not there and certainly I don't judge anybody who makes that decision, but it just certainly seems hypocritical when there was been chances for years while you were as big of a superstar then as you were now, but all of a sudden now you care so much. So here's the real question, Tom. And here's a bonus grill and chill for you. Hey, you didn't see this, you didn't see this coming. And neither it's like, did the, I. It's like the extra onion ring. It's the extra onion ring in my value menu that just kind of snuck up in there. I, it's like this is the onion ring in the fry box, baby. <laughs> here's what I'm asking: Are you grilling or chilling that Kyrie Irving gathering up his band of brothers to sit out the NBA has a whole lot more to do with denying LeBron a championship? than it does to do with socialism. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that is a deep, deep dig. Man, conspiracy theorist, I mean, whoa. That's uh, – <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm shocked, but, but when you said it, I was like, I mean, I thought a little bit about it. I was like, I mean, he could. He really could. Hey, black lives matter, but to Kyrie, brawn lives <laughs> – do not. <laughs> savage mode on the plan, and he's literally um, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we shouldn't grill or chill that, but just food for thought. Uh, Dairy Queen food for thought. Mm. The other, the other thing I do want to mention to you, Tom, is this. I, I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's a map of where the teams will be staying when they're out. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's where they'll be playing. It is magical, but here's what I want to mention is that the Lakers, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Clippers, the Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat, so the top four teams from the Eastern and Western Conference, they're all going to be in the Grand Destino Tower at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort, which sounds fantastic. Like, it just sounds like there's probably waiters and waitresses with hot coffee waiting for you in the morning and, you know, the, the you know, a, a five-star buffet downstairs. Meanwhile – the bottom dwellers who barely got in on a technicality, the Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns, and don't forget the Washington Wizards are at the Yacht Club Resort, which sounds like you might be lucky if there's a freaking pitcher with some limes dumped into water with dirty ice that came out of the ice machine in the parking garage. I mean, what a crock. They got a hotel based on their seating. I'm not. I'm not debunking because I bet. I bet that's what happened. But I've been to Disney World and we stayed at Coronado, and it is the buffet is astounding. It is. It Dude, is I, fantastic. I just, you know, wherever LeBron is, that is the best hotel. It's, yeah, it is. It here, is. You might as well be in the All Star Resort or in the, the <laughs> Continental. I mean, yeah. what a shit. Yes. Yep. I mean, anyway, we're right. talking about what hotel they're staying at. We're obviously out of NBA takes. All right, new, next sport. NFL was kind of ho-hum this week, but <laughs> trying to stay in the spotlight, uh, the Bucks released pictures of Tom Brady in his, uh, in his Buccaneers jersey. I know you as a Falcons fan were not too pleased because it, it's actually real now that the Falcons could finish last. Well, they'll, they'll 
compete with the Panthers, finish last in the NFC South. But uh, there's really nothing to it. He, there's, he's in a uniform. He looks like he's a football player. He's got shoulder pads, all the necessary equipment that, that's needed to play football, and that's about it. <laughs> um, I'll just say I'll echo a sentiment earlier in the podcast, uh, uh, what you said. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, another thing, and this may be a little more, bit more hot than the, the first one with Tom Brady's – well, Tom Brady and his uniform's hot as it is. But uh, this, this opinion – so Goodell comes out and says Kaepernick should be on a team. Okay. Uh, Kaepernick played in 2016. That's the last time he played football. And I've seen reports – you can read Twitter, and Twitter's a lawless wasteland – that say he is working out every day like he is on a team. Okay, let's remember the year is twenty twenty. What what do we? We'll scoot back up to segment segment number one. What the hell's what the hell's going on? I mean, what, what it's? I think it's he played in twenty sixteen. I tried to do the math in my head, and I think you have draft picks. Let's say ballpark twenty quarterbacks a year. Maybe probably more. 20 quarterbacks a year in a draft class are drafted. There's unrestricted free agents as well, or uh, free agent sign, whatever. So let's just say that's four-year separation. You're looking at roughly 150 to 200 quarterbacks every year. And they're gonna, and he wants a team to go out and sign Colin Kaepernick, who is in age is a big thing in the NFL. They want, they want him younger and they want him faster. They don't care. Um, you're going to ask a team to go out there and sign Colin Kaepernick, if he and and here's here's my thing, if he can contribute to a team winning a football game and winning the Super Bowl, go for it, go for it. That's fine. I, I it it doesn't matter your stance. I think at the end of the day, teams want to win games. Um, but again, I keep going back to that 2016 number. That was four years ago he played. Four years ago he played. What's he doing telling teams they need to sign him? Well, I think that it obviously was just a cop, you know, for him to – no pun intended there. I think it was just a cop out for him to make the statement that he, quote, needs to be on a team. I find it interesting that then Anthony Lynn, the coach of the Chargers, comes out today and says, oh, yeah, we would definitely be interested in Colin Kaepernick if he was available. You know, he fits our system. And yeah, well, he doesn't fit your system. He fits your system now because you got rid of uh, Philip Rivers. Well, he fits your system now, but then he, the comment he made after that was pretty damning because then he says, you know, Colin was one of the guys who really pioneered the new mobile quarterback position that you see Lamar Jackson and these guys succeeding in and blah, blah, blah. Um, hey, I don't mean to throw stones here, Anthony Lynn, but I'm pretty sure the guy that was Colin Kaepernick before Colin Kaepernick was Colin Kaepernick was Cam Newton. Yeah. And guess what? Cam Newton's still looking for a J-O-B. And I don't see Anthony Lynn calling Cam Newton anytime soon. And if you really want to put things out there, in the last four years, Cam Newton may have been banged up, but he's done a hell of a lot more than Colin Kaepernick has done, which is sit at the house with his fucking pet turtles. So what I would say is if Anthony Lynn is very serious about hiring Colin Kaepernick because he's a mobile quarterback who's proven himself in the NFL, why aren't you calling Cam Newton? Why don't you put both the guys on the field at the same time and let them work out together? And I'll tell you exactly why, which is Colin Kaepernick's been out of the game for four years. And if you bring him out there right now with a Cam Newton who is hungry, looking for a job, looking for a contract, probably been working out like a hellion at home, obviously, like we saw when he got kicked out of Georgia State. But 
I mean, he's going to show the rust of a quarterback who hasn't played the game in four years, and that's not great for the for the storyline. And so that's not going to happen. And I'm I'm almost positive somebody will hire him with this caveat because think about this: what happens? Because business is business, so you can you can give Colin Kaepernick a job to, for the for the uh you know for the pick the public picture and the per, you know the perception, but when business comes down to business and you got to pick fifty three to go into the first game with. If he's your fourth best quarterback, are you really going to cut him mm-hmm. after you already signed him? Yeah. And guess what? Business is business. And if you really want to be carrying him as your third quarterback when he's not your best quarterback and you let the third best go and you get down to him, that's your own damn fault, boys. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, then whoever gets it deserves it. But, yeah. I mean, to your point, he may get hurt the first day of camp and it may not be an issue, but I do think somebody will sign him. Yeah, so – and that was NFL. Thank you for thank you for uh, thank you Tom Brady for that. We appreciate those images, and uh, of course Goodell. The huh? on those takes turned up significantly. Huh? The temperature on those takes turned up significantly. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, you know, you never know with docking the law. We it gets it gets hot real quick, just like uh, just like Dairy Queen's burgers. You never know. Which is like it's like it's uh, like an Alabama summer. Yep, you got that. <laughs> it's actually comfortable right now in a shocking turn, but hey, for sure is the world this weekend. It's about to be 100 degrees. Uh, finally, hockey is awesome, and that's the segment. <laughs> that's a great segment. I, mean, it's just, I, I think we, we recorded last week, and then the next day, uh, maybe it was you that texted me that video or somebody of they officially announced like. We, we mentioned last week they officially announced that phasing was beginning to where teams could report to their facilities and start practicing. And the Lightning came out with that awesome video. Oh, riding the jet skis to the, the arena. Jet skis to Tampa Bay. We need to put a link to that on the Instagram. Yeah, they, so they ride up the jet. It was off the Mighty Ducks theme, whatever, which was just like, man, hockey's the best. And that's, I mean, and phases are going on. Everybody's reporting back. And uh, I know the Preds have had several of their players training all, training at home in Nashville, and so it's uh, it's go time. I know we'll get more into it once we get a better picture of a date, uh, but uh, hockey's awesome. It's the best. Uh, they're here to play. They don't care if they are hurt, and um, I love hockey, and moving on. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> so, so obviously, the next segment that brings us to is a uh, – unfortunately – we did not cash last week at uh, Miami as Denny Hamlin, who I will not bet on. I refuse to bet on Denny Hamlin, uh, regardless of his odds. Um, but we move on to NASCAR. And, Tom, you know what this week is. Oh, yeah. The Big Daddy. It oh, is yeah. our, it's our home game. And I'm going to give you some screaming hot picks at the end of the podcast for this one. Um, we're not going to make you wait for the Instagram uh, post because I, I, I'm locked and ready to go because it's Talladega this week, baby. Mm-hmm. It is Talladega. It's everything wrapped in. Unfortunately, there's only going to be 5,000 fans there, but don't be shocked if there's 100,000 people camping in the, <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's everything, dude. It's, it's, it's Thrill Hill up on the north end by the interstate. It's women dancing on porta potties. It's KY Jelly Wrestling on top of RVs. It's the mud hole in West Park Sea. It's the infield strip clubs. I mean, it's an absolutely insane time. If if any of you have, if any of you hearing this have not been there, which I'm guessing most of you are friends and you have with with me or somebody else or my brother, um, you got to go to Talladega once in your lifetime. It's an absolute ball. Um, but as far as the race goes, 
it's actually a really difficult race to bet. The reason being is that things can flip upside down. Obviously, the quote-unquote big one comes from Talladega or Daytona. Um, so here's some names I'm going to give you. Uh, names you should look out for. Ryan Blaney. These are coming from Westgate Sportsbook. Um, Ryan Blaney opened at 14 to one. Chase Elliott opened at 14 to one. I used Bavada. He actually opened at 12 to one. There, he's already been bet down to plus 850. Um, Kurt Busch is sitting at 20 to one. Alex Bowman is at 25 to one. These are just names to be on the lookout for. Um, but the uh, the other names, I think, further down the list, these are some kind of restrictor plate specialists. I think obviously you always got to look at the RCR guys. They always run well at Talladega. That'd be Ty Dillon and Austin Dillon. Ty sitting there at 80 to one. Um, let me find Austin. He is at 30 to one. I think his odds have actually gone up since then. Um, but here's the deal. Obviously, anytime you bet at Talladega, tread lightly. I think that the way you have to play this place is that you probably um, you probably bet smaller units. You spread them wider because you know that realistically um, there's a chance that your guy goes out there and on the sixth lap there's an 18 car, you know, huge pileup and he's involved in it and he's out of the race. So here's where I'm taking my money, Tom. Uh, my first pick is going to be Kurt Busch. He is at 20 to 1. I'm throwing a half unit at him. Uh, my next pick is Alex Bowman. He is 22 to 1. He's a great restrictor plate racer. Um, he's been knocking on the door the last couple weeks. His odds have actually been up around 8 and 10 to 1 at these half mile tracks. He's down to 22, throwing a half unit at him. Another guy who seems to, like he's probably going to be a restrictor plate specialist is Tyler Reddick. He's run really well the last couple weeks. He's sitting there at 30 to 1, throwing a half unit at him. I'm going to throw a quarter unit at Austin Dillon at 40 to 1 and at Ty Dillon at 75 to 1. And then my other two picks, my boy, Ryan Newman, he obviously was in the huge crash at the beginning of the year. He's back. He is 40 to 1. And if there's anybody in the field who can drive a restrictor plate car, it's Ryan Newman. Um, so I'm throwing a, a half unit at Ryan Newman as well. So again, my picks, I'm looking at Kurt Busch. I'm looking at uh, Alex Bowman. I'm looking at Tyler Reddick. I'm looking at Ty and Austin Dillon, and I'm looking at Matt Ken – excuse me, at Ryan Newman, not Matt Kenseth. Um, and that's going to be my picture for the week. And then, as obviously as always, I'm going to throw some money on Chase Elliott just to make my money back because that's my boy. Um, but those are my picks for Talladega. And uh, you kind of just spray and pray and hope that you got to get caught up in the big one. Is there any chance after this weekend we are a golf and NASCAR podcast, or is it going to just stay golf, or are we just going to dump golf and just go back this. to being docking the wall? If I drop a full unit on Ty Dillon at 75 to 1 and that cashes <laughs> and we hit golf again, I don't think we can talk about football. Uh, I'm with you there. We can't talk about anything else but golf and NASCAR. What a <laughs> golf and NASCAR podcast. What like a I said, for the, uh, for the docking the law faithful out there, uh, the doc has hit three of the last four NASCAR races. So, um, and then we did well on golf last week. Maybe it's an anomaly, and maybe we go over our next twenty-five, which is a real possibility in NASCAR. But uh, we've been heating up a little bit. If we find some props, we'll post those closer to the race. But um, those five are my picks to win this week. Ah, right, man, you you rocking and rolling. Uh, quickly, like I mentioned before, EPL's back. Uh, got let's see, Bundesliga is wrapped up. Uh, Bayern Munich won it. For the eight straight years. Talk about a dynasty. Eight straight years winning the Bundesliga. Which I mean I know we we don't pay as close attention to it here. 
uh, because, I mean, it's in Germany and we're in the United States. Shocking how that works. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, eight straight, eight straight champ- league championships for Bayern Munich. Man, that's, that's crazy. Uh, so I think that uh, me personally, I could bet a few overs in Bundesliga more than I have in the past just because you got to think teams are just going to try and put points to the board because stats up. Uh, but for this weekend, soccer-wise, uh, a rather big match uh, in EPL, um, considering Liverpool keeps doing what they're doing and they take the league. Uh, I know you love the Spurs of Tottenham, um, one of your favorite love teams. Relationship, buddy. <laughs> I love to hate them. Love to hate them. But they play Man U. I'm going to take the over there, two and a half, two and a half goals. I can see them both um, – both getting after it. I think Spurs would benefit more from the time off. Man, you was kind of hit or miss right before the break. Uh, and then uh, Saturday morning, I'm going to take Leicester City money line. Uh, I think they were they're one of the top tier teams. I think um, they'll get it done Saturday morning um, for EPL. Uh, and now the same we all know and love: uh, Bahama Bob's Corey Smith pony picks, uh, folks. Uh, it's crazy at the beach. I, I've talked to so many people down there uh, in Gulf Shores, Orange Beach area, and it is a madhouse full of people night and day. It just seems like it's spring break mixed with family vacation every single day in Gulf Shores. Um, while you're there, you're going to get hungry, and you're going to be slightly parched. Take yourself over to Bahama Bob's Beachside Cafe. You will not be disappointed. Make sure you get there early. Uh, it's, it, it's not that big a venue, uh, and they like it that way. They like, uh, they like, uh, and they don't like it that much because of all the COVID crap, but they like being a, sm- <laughs> like being a, a smaller venue, smaller restaurant, uh, with a select number of seating. So it backs up very quick. So if you're going to go, make sure you go early or you go late for a late night drink. Uh, folks, when you go there, make sure, make sure you take a, a very long look at that menu because it's hard to miss. It's, excuse me, it's easy to miss. Uh, some classics on there. Again, me and Corey love the cheeseburger. Uh, it's one of the best down there on the beach. Uh, love the scallops. Love the fried crab claws. Uh, big fan of their pitch, piece of fish. And shockingly, uh, my wife got uh, some grilled chicken down there. And it's it's these two monster chicken breasts uh, with some pineapple. So if you're not in a seafood mood and really don't want a heavy hamburger, try the try the grilled, grilled fish. And, of course, anytime you get a meal there, make sure you get the Bahama Bob drink. Make sure oh, it's, it's it's Bahama Bob drink. They have a Bahama Mama, guys, guys and gals. They got plenty of cocktails to quench your thirst. It's it's hot down there, and you're gonna need something to cool down with. We mentioned blizzards earlier to cool you down. You know what? The Bahama Bob does a great job as well, cooling you down. With that being said, Corey Smith, take it away. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, despite a whole lot of trials and tribulation, we have made it to the first week of the Triple Crown. Um, unfortunately, it is not the Kentucky Derby, but it is the Belmont Stakes, and it's a different-looking Belmont Stakes. So, um, like I said, I have learned a lot about horse racing, and so my goal here is to uh, educate and entertain at the same time. Um, so, the Belmont Stakes is usually a mile-and-a-half track or mile-and-a-half race. It's run um, in Belmont, New York, outside of New York City, and it's usually the last leg of the Triple Crown. So, this year, because of the scheduling and every, all the craziness and the Kentucky Derby being the first to reschedule, it has become the first race 
Um, and because of the horses not being trained to go a mile and a half and a lot of them not being ready for that distance yet, they've actually shortened it back to a mile and sixteenth. So it changes the betting, it changes how you look at the race a little bit. But let's do this. We're not going to walk through the whole field. There are 10 horses in the race. There's actually usually 15 or 16, um, which is the only time you're usually allowed to have races that big. Um, but we'll kind of walk through and I'll tell you kind of where I'm thinking that I'm going to put my money. So you start at the top, tis the law. I don't want to say that I called this shit weeks ago, um, but I did say four weeks ago that tis the law was my pick to win the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown. Um, that's the same distance as a Kentucky Derby. Nothing's changed except that the four horses that were ranked ahead of him have all been pulled out. <laughs> um, so obviously, tis the law sitting at the top of the board. He's going to be a six to five morning line favorite. I actually expect that to get bet down. I think he'll probably be on the minus side of money. Um, we'll probably be looking at something like, uh, I don't know, maybe four to five, two to five by the time the race opens. I don't think you can be holding a ticket Saturday for Belmont without tis the law. Uh, he, he's run every kind of trip you can run. He's run from the front. He's stalked. He's ran from the back and closed late. He's the best horse in the field. Um, so if you're playing rolling exotics, I think you got to include Tiz the Law. Uh, and then obviously, let's talk mutual bets. So if you're going to put Tiz the Law at the top of your ticket, if you're playing exactos, tries, or supers, you got to find horses that you think can finish second or win the race. Um, the horse that's been drawing a lot of attention is Soleil Volante. He obviously ran a big race at Gulfstream um, a couple weeks ago, uh, ended, or excuse me, at Santa Anita in the Santa Anita Derby. He ended up winning that race um, and beating Authentic. And so now a lot of people are looking at him uh, to be, you know, he's a late closer. He likes the distance. I think he actually would be a better betting favorite in a mile and a half race. Um, because he is such a late closer, and if he gets some trouble and, and gets a kind of a rough trip getting to the front, um, he could have issues, and he's not a horse who likes to run from the front. So I worry a little bit about him. The horse I'm looking at is Modernist. So this is a horse um, that is going to be coming out of the Bill Mott barn. He's had some really good workouts. He's been at Belmont for a while now. He actually ran in the Louisiana Derby before all this COVID shit hit. He finished third, and so a lot of people have written him off. Um, but he has actually won some big races against a lot of these same horses previously. Um, and he is sitting there at 15 to 1. That may actually go up. The other horse that I think you're going to see on my tickets is Farmington Road. This horse is just an absolute workhorse. He loves the distance. If they could run two miles, he would love it. Um, he's had some rough trips his last few times out. Arkansas Derby, he actually was a late closing third um, to get on the board um, behind King Guillermo. And I think if that race had gone another 16th of a mile, um, I think he would have won. He was flying down the stretch. He's sitting at 15 to 1 as well. He may actually get up into the 20, 25 to 1 range before the race starts. And then the last horse that's going to be on my ticket is Dr. Post. This is kind of a horse that came out of nowhere. He won an eight and a half furlong race at uh, Gulfstream a couple weeks ago, kind of jumped into the scene. Um, and he's a horse that has run, like I said, like Tis the Law, he's run from the front, he's run from the back, he can do it all. So my ticket for the Belmont Saturday is gonna look like this. I'm gonna play Tis the Law in my rolling exotics, my pick threes and pick fours. Um, I probably won't throw another horse in there on that. And then my race ticket, I'm gonna play eight, four, five in my exactas. Um, I'll probably include the nine on the exacta box as well, and then I'm playing eight, four, five, nine in my tries and supers. And Tom, that is the pony recap. Wow, that was <laughs> I'm impressed. You've gotten better. You've gotten 
I mean, I'm getting better at this. It was. I, I would say it's quicker, but it's more elaborate. You take it the same. It's not 60 seconds, that's for sure. And thankfully, we're not on a time crunch here. Um, but it has been more thorough. It has had feeling. It has had uh, like like you're not just reading from a piece of paper. It's like you're. It's like you've you've done your research. You've been to the track. You've talked to the horses because you can talk to horses because you are you're a, you talk to people and you know the ins and outs of horse racing. There you go. I'm trying, I'm trying. Perception is ninety percent the truth. So hey, it sounded right. good. Um, That's right. You got any extra picks in any other sports league that we have uh, mentioned? I think I'm I'm covered. I'm sure I'll get some more after I meander around. Um, tomorrow and get some for the weekend for soccer uh, yep. and some golf. I mean, I got to hit golf by the morning tomorrow morning uh, being Thursday, but you have any more picks for the people? Uh, I will, I will give out my uh, weekend soccer picks and we'll obviously post my NASCAR picks. Um, we'll put that on the Instagram. I will give out my official golf picks though. And we'll obviously put these up as well. My official golf picks. I'm going Hideki Matsuyama to win. I'm going Webb Simpson to win. I'm going Gary Woodland to win. And then I'm going to throw some small bets on Ricky Fowler and Victor Hovland to win. I'm also going to bet Hideki, Sungjae M, Webb, uh, all top five and top ten, and Gary Woodland as well. And then, like I said, the prop bet that I promised you where we are going to make serious money, Victor Hovland is plus 500 to finish as the top continental European this week at the RBC Heritage. The only player ranked ahead of him is John Rahm at plus 125. John Rahm did not look like his head was in the game last week, so I'm fading Rahm this week, even though he's had a little bit of success, I think, at Heritage before. Um, And so I'm going to drop a couple units on Victor Hovland, 5-1, to top continental European. That's my prop of the week. Um, And all the rest of my picks for the weekend. Also, not going to get back into the ponies too much, but huge race. If you want to watch it, interesting stuff Saturday morning. Royal Ascot. It's basically their Kentucky Derby. It's a five-day meet they do. It's just fun to watch. There's like 24 horses in each race. You get huge value. I would just pick a name. We don't know shit about these horses. Just pick a name you like. Throw a couple bucks down. They're, it's fun to watch. They run long-ass races. Um, but we'll uh, we'll give out all the rest of our picks on the Instagram. Eventually, we'll get into maybe, if we ever get some futures on some some team win totals or conference champions or anything like that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and actually talk some football and not get finally talk about the sport being played and not if it's going to be played. So we'll do that later on. Usually that comes out, uh, if I remember correctly, around July is when you yeah. get some, t- some team totals. So we'll start talking about that a little bit more. But um, should be a lot of fun. Again, my man, thank you for joining me. Uh, folks out there, stay safe. Uh, it's crazy times. Always, always, always be aware of your surroundings. Um, let's cash. Cash this weekend, boys and girls. DNL Golf Podcast, LFG. Potential NASCAR Podcast. <laughs> as, as Tom Brady says, all caps, LFG. Let's cash tickets this weekend. Nice. See you guys. You must help me if you can. Doctor, my I have wandered through this world And as each moment